Well, all right. Here we are once again. This is Pastor B's Kitchen Table. So go ahead and tell all your family and friends they're at that table again. And you know that for the past month, we've been dealing with an issue relating the Bible and mental health. What does God have to say about the issue that we've labeled, uh, that have been adopted, that we live with? Uh, and what does God have to say? It's been a wonderful time. We've had a wonderful guest who's taken us systematically through the word of God, addressed the issues, been so gracious. Minister Daryl Rose. Minister Rose, you say hello once again to the kitchen table audience. Well, hello, kitchen table audience. It's so, I'm so glad to be here. And uh, this is a very, very important discussion. And uh, my prayer is that it will, it will bless your life. And you can take this information and use it to help someone else who may be struggling amen. with grief. Amen, amen. We've been dealing with a, with a with a myriad of different topics related to anxiety. And we've dealt with so many other things, PTSD and labels and all those different things related to mental health and, and what does the Bible say about it. But today I want to I want to deep dive into this one called grief. Certainly in the in time we're living in, there's a lot of people who are literally grieving. Uh, and and I'm, I'm mindful of what Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 4 about we should be those who don't grieve without hope. And yet there's a lot of hopeless grieving that's going on. People have lost loved ones. Now we're in the midst of a pandemic. Uh, people lost jobs. And people are literally in the ditch. They're in the ditch when it comes to grief. So today, I want to I want to address this issue of grief. Um, tell me, how do you define grief? Well, grief can be defined as extreme uh, emotional suffering because of a loss. Now, grief is not always tied to the loss of a loved one, mm -hmm. but it can be lost. It can be a loss of a home to a fire. Mm -hmm. It can be lost a loss of a job. Uh, so any type of loss uh, that compels a one to go into a state of emotional suffering or stress mm -hmm. uh, is grief. Mm. Emotional suffering or stress. Um, is, is this something that is short term or is it prolonged or what has been your normative if, if you've dealt with different grief cases? Well, if I'm say this, to, to grieve, we refer to it in counseling as common sorrow. In other words, mm. uh, it is a, it's neutral to grieve. In most cases, it is. Because uh, it, it doesn't feel good when you lose a loved one. And people who have lost loved ones, you can ask them how they feel. And it's a, it's, they have a hard time describing what grief feels like. Mm -hmm. Apart from it being a sense of uh, a feeling of emptiness, Mm -hmm. uh, despair, mm -hmm. uh, heaviness on the heart, mm -hmm. uh, and sometimes it's a heaviness that tears does not really bring comfort to. Yeah. Uh, but but it's, but everyone grieves, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. But but it can be it becomes problematic when we grieve beyond the normal the normal standard. In other words, when the grieving is begin to dominate our lives. Ooh, over an extended amount of time now, and it becomes problematic. Okay. What do these dominations often look like? Well, there's a common idea about grief. They call it the, the stages of grief. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and so, so, so the stages of grief, it, it, it moves from doubt, you know, anxiety, uh, depression, People experience oppression, a sense of loneliness, mm -hmm. uh, uh, hopelessness, 
uh, and then there's acceptance, mm -hmm. where a person a person gets to the point where they begin to um, to be able to cope, so to speak, right. or they accept the, the loss of their loved one. And but now the society is beginning to change and move away from this idea of stages of grief because reason why because each one of these these areas do not happen at the same time. Yeah, you know, you know. So, so, so some of the stages of grief to be more to be more uh, specific includes denial, uh -huh. anger, bargaining, uh, depression, and then acceptance. Okay. Those those are the five stages of grief. But again, you know, the culture is beginning to move away from that because there is no. Uh, uh, Chronological order. Yeah. Okay. You know, there's no stage where it's, it's transitioned from one stage to the next. Okay. Yeah. Because everyone grieves in their own way. So now they're beginning to call it, they call it now, instead of referring to it as a stage of grief, they refer to it as grief indicators. Grief indicators. Okay. That's good. Okay. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. And because that's a good point, because it doesn't mean that you're going to chronologically move from this phase to this phase. They could be all intermingled together. Yes. Uh, at, at, at one time. And so they're grief indicators. But you, but you said about how it begins to dominate you. Uh, and so when it starts to dominate, because that's the one thing I think we deal with people who may have lost a loved one. Uh, I've seen people who also lost pets. They lost pets. They lost jobs. Mm -hmm. um, they've lost their, their, their physical fitness. They're, they're not healthy as they used to be. And now they're, they're, they're grieving. So that that domination, what are some behavioral signs that they're being dominated by grief? Excessive crying. Mm. Mm. Uh, uh, at, at, at different different times of the day, you know, it just comes on suddenly. Mm -hmm. Now, now we, all, we all weep, okay, when we lose a loved one. In other words, you know, we're all grieving our son, in, our, in our own way. Right. And, and again, crying uh, is is neutral. It's a, it's common. It's part of common sorrow. Mm. But if I'm crying off and on, and it happens at different periods and it's beyond my control, mm. then that can be a sign of it being extreme. Uh, and uh, insomnia, person can't sleep, a loss of appetite, or a desire to overeat. Uh, a person can be. Um, a churchgoer, or maybe a preacher, or serving in church, they lose a loved one. All of a sudden, they disappear, disappear and then yeah. and, and they're no longer in service. Uh, and and you wonder where they are. You know, it, it, then and part of the problem is is that uh, that's a sign of excessive grieving. Because yeah. sometimes a person grieves, they begin to question God. Okay. Okay. And then, and in essence, they turn away from God. Yeah. Because they are they're unwilling to accept what God has allowed to happen in, in their life. Yeah, yeah. So if God has been unjust, God made a mistake. Yes. Um, yes. God, 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 after all I've done for God, this should be the hand that I've gotten. I, I, I deserve better than this. Yeah. Some, some, yeah. yeah. Another, another uh, a sign that someone is, is, is grieving beyond the norm is isolation yeah. and avoidance. Mm -hmm. uh, they isolate themselves. They don't want to be bothered. They're not. They're not answering their phones. Uh, they're just a loner. You know, they they just want to. They want to stay by themselves. 
because they feel that no one really understands what they're going through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and then uh, this is the idea of self-pity. They're down on themselves. Mm-hmm. Woe is me. Mm-hmm. I'm the victim in all this. Mm-hmm. I've lost a loved one. And then they become angry and irritable to pe- with people and sharp with people. You know, because they feel like uh, uh, they feel as if God has abandoned them, but God has, has allowed someone else to keep their mother, their father, their husband, their child. What about my child, my mother, my father, my husband, my wife? Why, why do you take my wife? Uh, you know, yeah. so there's the idea of being envy of someone else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Ms. Rose, have you ever encountered someone who resisted grieving? You say grieving is, 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 is common. Um, it's a common sorrow, we call it. If you, if you ever encounter anyone who just says, I'm not going to grieve. I'm not going to let this whip me. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to shed a tear. This, this don't even hurt me. I'm just going to move on because I'm, I wasn't raised to be weak. Well, okay. Yeah. So, 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 so as part of the grief indicators is denial. Yeah. yeah. The person's in denial. And I found that some people are a strong Christians, mature Christians. They know the word. They can quote scripture. And they, they lose a loved one. And it's, it's this idea of their image. Mm-hmm. And they and they will they will uh, speak Christian cliches and yeah. quote scripture in front of people, yeah. but but that's the tears of a clown, like Spoken Robin would say, right? Yeah, yeah. That's just the outside. Yeah, yeah. But the yeah. inside, they're hurting. Yeah. Wow, that's good. One. Tears of a clown. I heard that a long time. That's a, that's a way back in. <laughs> in the, that's from back in the back in the musical vault there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's 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 a good so, so Mr. Rose, what does God say about grief? What does he say about grief? Well, God's word says, first of all, death is natural. Mm-hmm. It, it's important for every man wants to be born and wants to die. Yeah. Okay. And the reality is according to Ecclesiastes chapter three. 1 through 15, you know, I'm not going to read it all, but it says, for everything, there's a season. That's what it says here. For a, a time for every activity under the sun, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest. Mm-hmm. So the whole book of, of Ecclesiastes is that everything is vanity. It's just like a vapor. Yeah. So, so life is a vapor. And so, so it's a, death is reality. So why do we have to die? Because it's, it's part of, of our inherited sin. Mm-hmm. That was inherited from, from that was inherited from Adam, right? Right, but 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 that, that's where the good news of the gospel comes in as a remedy for grief. Mm-hmm. You know, is that that we can, you know, do, do we, we we can live uh, and enjoy and embrace everlasting life through the gospel of Christ? That's why Christ died. That's why Christ died. Yeah, to pay the penalty for our sins. So so. Sure. Yeah, so 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 the whole point is that yes, we can grieve, right. but we have to remember death is reality, and whatever happens when God decides to take a family member, someone we love, that's His decision. God is sovereign; He's a supreme yeah. authority. And then, just because God decides that He's going to take a loved one from us, uh, does not nullify His character, His goodness. Mm-hmm. And his his loving kindness and his tender mercies and grace and you know 
It doesn't nullify who he is. Right, 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 right. What you were saying earlier um, about the good news of the gospel, and Paul talks about grieving with hope. Is 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 that what hope-filled grieving looks like? Because I think someone want to know, man, how do I grieve and yet still have hope? Can you explain that for them? Well, we can grieve and still have hope because although grief, grief, grief uh, does weigh heavy on us. Yeah. It doesn't feel good. Uh, sometimes it does uh, uh, compel us to question God, to question God's goodness. Mm -hmm. But nonetheless, remember now, the word of God that says that there's no temptation overtaking you, but such is coming to man. So in other words, your grieving and the heaviness that you're experiencing emotionally in your spirit is common to being to being a human being. Yeah, yeah. And but then it says, but God is faithful. That's a that, that, that's a conjunction there, but yeah, and that conjunction seems to point point to something that's that's a contradiction to what has already been said. Yeah. So in our grieving, the tendency sometimes is, is for us not to be faithful to God, to question God. But nonetheless, when we grieve, God is faithful. Yes. And so, so we need to be able to hold on to his promises. So, so how can a person have hope when they're grieving? Mm -hmm. recognize, we have to recognize that grieving is, is a natural process. Mm -hmm. My tears is natural, it's neutral, it's, it's common sorrow. But we also have to be mindful of of God's promises, okay. that he's a faithful God, that we can cast all of our anxieties on him because he cares for us. Yes. We don't have to worry because the peace of God will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, that we are more than conquerors in Jesus Christ, that God's grace is sufficient according to 1 Corinthians 12, 9, that his grace is sufficient. So when we're suffering, when we're being persecuted, when we're uh, facing adversity or, or any type of stress and misery in life, God is still faithful and his grace is sufficient to keep us and to give us a peace of mind. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That, that, that is the seeds of hope you've just displayed. Great, great. You know, well, I want to I wanna take a little detour for a moment and deal with not so much the person that's grieving, but for those who may be friends or family members of those who are grieving. I think about Job, how Job is just, just grieving because he's lost everything, everyone. And then his three friends come along and they, they were doing okay in the beginning, but then they kind of got sidetracked and they kind of added to his grief, really. So for those who have friends or family members who are like Job, they've experienced a great, great loss. What's your counsel to the friends or the family members who are trying to come along and encourage them or to be a, a loving friend or a loving family member? What would you say to them? I would say to, I would, here's what I would say. The first thing I would say, many family and friends have good intentions mm -hmm. when it comes to her, uh, helping someone they know who's grieving, okay? Mm -hmm but they don't know what to say to the person mm. who's grieving. Mm. They struggle with that. Mm. In fact, when I, when I was a deacon and trainer, I struggled. Uh, I, was, I, I had a guy who, who, who got into an argument. He and his wife had gotten divorced. His wife was with, with someone else. 
he and the wife's boyfriend got in an argument. He was he pulled out a gun to shoot the, the boyfriend, but actually shot his wife in the back and killed her. Oh. Right. And so so he told me that people just say the wrong thing. They have good intentions, but but they say they say the wrong thing. And so so the best thing for you to do to help someone you know is grieving is don't place judgment on them, first of all. That's a good word, yeah. And so here's a scripture. You know, you're a Christian, and, and we don't grieve like those who don't have any hope, all right? Yeah, right. So they'll pull a scripture out on you. But but they are grieving. They are hurting, okay? Yeah. That's a reality for them. So what do you do? Well, first of all, you, you don't throw scriptures at them, yeah. right? You Just your presence speaks volume. Yeah, yeah. Just being there and listening to them. And I would not even uh, mention any scripture until they mention it. Okay. If they say, you know, I'm, I'm hurting by no God is faithful. So now that's a door opening. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Good word. Because right? sometimes when people are grieving, they don't want to hear about nothing about God. Yeah, that's right. They're angry. That's right. And, 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 and as I was stating before, I was a deacon, and this situation came up with this guy asking to kill his wife, and they asked me to go over to the house mm-hmm. with the family. I wasn't trained for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In other words, I wasn't equipped for that. I said that way. Yeah. So, so I went over, and what I learned was just be silent. My here's here's my issue. My issue was was I really concerned about the person's pain, or was I more concerned about saying the right thing to impress them? Well, that's good. That's a great question. Was, that's right. That's right. Was, I, was I more concerned about their pain yeah. or about my reputation or what they thought of me? Yeah, yeah. You see? And so sometimes that's what happens. You know, we, we, we don't know what to say. Sure, no, we don't. But if we're wrapped up in the, what, uh, being overly concerned about what we need to say, then we've lost focus. Yeah. It's about the person. So the first thing is just be there for them. Be there for them. This is... You don't have to say anything. Let them talk. And watch this. Just your, like I said before, uh, just your presence speaks volumes. Just being there to support them. Someone needs to hear that because they've got family members that they've been trying to, you know, uh, coach out of that ditch. Um, and they've been throwing a lot of scriptures in that ditch. Um, they've been throwing a whole lot of challenges and, and 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 trying to motivate them, trying to motivate them so many times. And you're saying just just the, the power of presence, just just being there with them, yeah, uh, along the along the way. Um, when should when should a friend or family member uh, suggest the idea of the grieving person getting biblical help? Well, I would say. The family member just being connected with this person, just make observations. Mm-hmm. Are they ha- are they having crying spells? Mm-hmm. How long has it been? Has it been six months, a year, and mm-hmm. and they still seem seem to be depressed? Because that's a big one, depression. Okay, yeah. when someone who's grieving, they, they they can experience depression. So, has it been two or three years, and they're still struggling with that? Are they are they in a church attendance? Mm-hmm. Are they uh, avoiding going to church? If they're still stuck down in the dumps after a year or two, and they, they don't appear to be getting any better. Now, if they're getting better and they're slowly 
coming out of that shell, fine, just continue to support them. But but they don't appear to be getting in better. They need to recommend that they seek biblical counsel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Go go go. Keep going. Yeah. What I'm gonna say is, and so in counsel, how do we help this person in counsel? Right, right. That's what I'm saying. The first thing is we have to have help them realize and accept the fact that death is reality. Yeah. It's out of their control. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And, and also to help them understand, the person understands this. What would the what would the, the, the deceased person request of you? What were their wishes? And make sure that the surviving, that the survivors do their very best to satisfy the wishes of the deceased person. Sometimes people on their deathbed, especially parents, old aging parents, the elderly, yeah. Yeah. will say to their kids, y'all forgive, forgive each other. Mm -hmm. Your relationship has been rocky over these years. Fix it with your brother. Fix it with your sister. Mm -hmm. That's their wishes. Mm -hmm. right? right? So you need to make sure you can, warn, you can mourn, you can weep, uh, but honor the deceased person's wishes. Yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. And yeah, and they need to draw close. The person who's grieving needs to honor their deceased person, their, their, their the loved one's wishes, mm -hmm. and be thankful for the memories that can linger on. Okay. Okay. That 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 God allowed them to enjoy time with that person. Yes, sir. Yeah. And the other thing is, is that they need to connect with other Christians. That's big. They, they can't grieve by themselves. That's not good. That, that, right. that, that's that's a very risky. Yeah. To close yourself off, to isolate yourself, to, vo to avoid other people. You're not going to church, and you're doing this by yourself. That's not a good thing. Right. Because it can leave you down a a, a spiral, a downward spiral. Right. 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 I lost my I lost my mother in 2007, and I said to myself. I don't want any church folks coming around me because <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna tell me there's Christian cliches. Yeah, I, believe, yeah. I don't want any fried chicken. I don't want anything. Leave yeah. me alone yeah. to breathe. Right. But do you know how I made it? Church folks, church hugging folks. on me, the body of Christ. That's right. Saying I'm sorry you about your loss. I'm sorry. So I felt. Watch this. So after I heard I'm sorry about your loss. Hey, I'm here for you about a hundred yeah. times. Right, right. From different people, I realized they love me. They love you, yes. Yeah. And, and I'm going to make it because they're here to support me. That's right. That's, that's how I made it. That's how you made it. Amen, 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 amen. That's, that's the power of the church. I always quote the Romans that we, we rejoice with those rejoice and we, we, we weep or we grieve with those that are grieving. Uh, either way, we're to be the body of Christ. Whatever the situation in life becomes, that is powerful. Uh, because it is, it is that natural inclination to isolate. Let me go, go and 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 self medicate, self heal myself, and remove myself from all those people uh, and their and, and their and their cliches. I like how you said that. They're Christian cliches. Um, that is so true, Minister Rose. Uh, and I think someone's going to receive what you're saying today because that's really where they are. Because because at that time. Their emotions are so raw. They feel so vulnerable. They don't really trust anybody dealing with that part of the wound in their lives. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, because that moment you don't want any kind of superficiality either. You want something that's that's authentic. Uh, Ms. Rose, what about the person who who is uh, grieving because the person who was died? They didn't. They didn't leave here with a good relationship between the two of them. Ooh, now that's a that's a big one. That's a big one. I know of a guy. His mom, his mom was uh, was an elderly lady. She went, but she was she was known for being a hard person to get along with. Mm-hmm. So she she had a heart attack, had a bypass, came to live with him for a while, and they got into it. So she said, "I'm going back to my house." Mm-hmm. So she went back to her home. About. And so they, they never got it right. They stopped talking to each other, stopped calling each other. And a year later, she was found dead in bed. Yeah. I went to the I went to the morgue with him in the back door to see the body. Mm-hmm. They had just finished embalming her. Mm-hmm. He got to the door, looked in, and he went to this. Yeah. And hit Both. the floor. Yeah. He hit the floor and couldn't go in the door. He was like, like he was having a seizure or something. Right. Well, that was anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was guilty of having unloving attitudes with his mother that he didn't get it right before she passed. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to encourage this. Everyone, okay, is that you want to make sure that you always uh, make it known to your family, your mother, your father, your husband, your wife, your children, grandchildren that you love them, no matter what. You want to make sure there's a, that there's any separate relationship that you get it right yes, sir. before you pass or, they, or before something happens to them because you don't want to carry that, that baggage of guilt. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, only because you didn't fix it before something happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a big one, Mr. Rose, that... That, that when you scratch beneath the surface of, of sitting on the front row and you scratch beneath the surface of the, of the silence and the limousine rides, uh, it's many times guilt uh, that didn't get it right with my dad, didn't get it right with my mom, didn't get it right with my brother, and now they're gone. Uh, and I should have done this. I should have done this. Uh, you're saying that while you still have an opportunity with those who are alive, work toward reconciliation and getting it right. But then what about the person who is now, they're, they're gone and you can't get it right with them, but it's, it's eating you, it's cutting you like a knife. What do you say to that person? Well, I would say this. I would say to that person is that God's grace still covers you. Yeah. And you need to share your heart with God yeah. and ask for his forgiveness of not repairing the relationship before your loved one that dies. Mm. And you ask God to forgive you for that. And you help you ask the Lord to help you accept his forgiveness and uh, to sustain you and to help you walk uh, with a mind of peace and joy. Uh, Even though you did not have a chance to say, I'm sorry, please forgive me for what I've done or to repair the relationship. You can still have to accept the, 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 the truth 
that you are forgiven because yeah. God's word says, if you confess your sins, right? right? He's righteous and just to forgive you and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We have to embrace that. And, and, and it's not based on feelings. That's good. It's a good word. And, and, yes, and so, so, so part of grief is we'll allow uh, uh, grief and, and the emotional suffering that we experience when we live with losing a loved one to lead and, and lead us in our lead our life and lead us in our decision making. Mm -hmm. So we, we, we begin to operate according to feelings. Well, it's not about feelings because remember now the heart is deceitful above all else, and desperately wicked. Who can understand according to Jeremiah? So we can we can lie to ourselves, and now and, and our and our and our hearts will always lean us in the direction of self gratification. Our self centeredness is all about me. Mm -hmm. It's not about God at all. So we have to be able to turn to God and embrace God's promises uh, and embrace God's forgiveness and grace and mercy, despite how we feel. Despite how we feel. Yes. Um, Mr. Roy, you have just allowed this. God, is, through his spirit, is working through letting some, some shackles fall off just with that statement. So people are living in, in a spirit of unforgiveness and regret um, and, and, and doing a whole lot of things personal to themselves to try to numb the pain uh, that they feel that, that, that leads to self-gratification, but also self-destruction. Yeah, people destroying themselves because of just that inner pain. I like what you said about accept God's forgiveness, not about you forgiving yourself, uh, by accepting God's forgiveness, because God is the one, only one who can forgive. Uh, he's the one who qualifies. That's what that, that, that is a powerful statement just about the grief, because that's where we are, and that's what we're facing. Uh, a multitude of it seem in this season we're in. But, but what you've shared today has been encouraging and to help us to see this through the prism of how God sees it, what God allows, uh, what we, what, what the loss, what it is, the, the stages, and yet how we, we're kind of redesigning that now, but also about how friends and family can help. But most of all, it, it gets back to what you said about believing, accepting what God has allowed. And also, I'm going to add this as well. Yep. Share your heart with God. Don't 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 yep. allow that 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 anger and resentment and doubt and self pity yep. to bottle up on the inside. Yeah. Share your anger with God. Share your pain with God. Share your struggles with God. Yep. Lord, I'm I'm hurting. This is hurting me. Yep. Uh, Lord, I, I don't know why you took my loved one. Yep. Lord, I'm angry right now. I, I'm not sure how. How, how I can endure this? How am mm -hmm. I going to make it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so 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 I'm in turmoil right now. I'm, you know, yes, sir. I'm, I'm, I can't sleep right now. You know, and I'm by myself. I feel like nobody understands. Yes, sir. But none. But nevertheless, you're still God. You're still, yeah. And I know yeah. you hear. And watch this. And God hears the prayers of the brokenhearted. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And and He is a, a heart mender. And, he, and no matter how bad it is, how heavy it is, how bad it hurts, uh, God uh, is in the, in the heart-mending business. Mm -hmm. and, he, and he can heal us. He can dry our tears. Yes. So, so now, you, you can cry out to God. You can share your, your, your heart with God. But be careful now. Say this. Make sure you can do that without disrespecting God. And what I mean is this. When you begin to say, God, you're supposed to be good. Now you're yeah. questioning God's character. Right, right. I thought right. you I thought you were a sovereign God. I thought you were supreme authority. You know, 
so you can't you can't go that far with God. That's good. That's that's very very good. So so be real and transparent without being disrespectful or irreverent towards God. Absolutely, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's a good word, Mr. Rowe. That's a good role. That's a good word. Um, amen. Amen. Mr. Rowe, you have you have blessed some hearts and minds and given so much to contemplate because it feels like you've opened the blinds and allowed the sun to shine in in a dark area of many believers' lives. So this thing of grief, this thing of grief is many times the stumbling block for many believers also. Not just the culture, the world, but the believers can't get past this grief thing and can't get through it. You get you know, just to how to how to get towards the, the hopefulness of it. You got the last word though, Ms. Rose, because there's people who've been watching right now and they're saying, man, I wish I would have known this 20 years ago. I wish I would have known this 15 years ago. And so they want to believe it, but they've lived so long in the other room of grief. So what's your encouraging word to them to really uh, make that step of faith to act on what you've said today? Well, it's one passage that, that I use this quite often in grief, in grief counseling. Mm -hmm. And I have to remind myself of this passage as well. And so, so the, the point, the fact of the matter is none of us are exempt from pain. Yeah. All of us are going to hurt at one time of our life or another. All of us are going to lose someone close to us at one time or another. And, and watch this. Someone's going to lose us eventually. Oh, that's true. That is true. You're right. So, but, but, but the one verse that always stands out, and, and I love it, is in Lamentations, uh, chapter 3, verse 32 and 33. It says, for if he causes grief, then he will have compassion according to his abundant loving kindness. For he does not afflict willingly or grieve the sons of men. So God doesn't hurt man willingly. He doesn't take pleasure in seeing us suffer. Yeah. He doesn't take pleasure in hurting us. Uh, but if he does allow grief, it says, if he causes it or allows it, he, he will have compassion. In other words, he will have mercy. And, and, and also he, he will, he will uh, have a heart of, of love for that person who is suffering because he doesn't do it willingly. So what's his reason for doing it then? To compel us to turn to him. To compel man to turn to him. Do you know people attend funerals who may be unbelievers? Yes. Do you know it's a place where people become saved? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. At funerals? Yes, sir. That's right. Be because it compels people to turn to God. Hmm. And that's all God ever wanted. From the very beginning of the Bible, God wants to be. Our people, he wants us to be, he, he wants to be our God. He wants us to be his people, his chosen people to worship him and to live a life dependent upon him. And so what I'm going to say, I'm saying that no matter what plagues us, no matter how bad it is or how, he, how heavy the, our hearts get when we're grieving, God cares about what we're going through, yeah. but we have to turn to him. Turn to him. Because he's not trying to hurt us on purpose. He just wants us to commit to him and worship him. And, and seek refuge and comfort and peace and joy in who he is and his person. 
Wow, that's Ms. Rose. Now, once again, what is that passage? Lamentations chapter three. What are the verses? Verse, the 32 and 33. Uh, Lamentation 3, 32, 33. Go, go get that, read that, memorize that, stand on that. Uh, that is a very good Mr. Rose, I thank you so much for being at the table and staying at the table. You've been here for a minute. <laughs> and, and we certainly needed you to be here. We press our way on towards 2022, but thank God for you. So, so kitchen table, your family and friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, let them hear the, the, the whole series related to the Bible and mental health. What does God have to say about these issues that we face, but especially this one about grief? Because yes. we are the children of God. We go there, but we don't mm -hmm. have to live there. We have to live there in negativity. Uh, yes. So we thank God. May God bless you. May God keep you. And I'll, I'll see you soon. I'll see you next year right here <laughs> at the kitchen table. God bless you. God keep you. Have a great day. Bye-bye.